0: the Lord. Welcome to our broadcast today. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. We are in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4, the last chapter in this great letter uh, written to Timothy by the Apostle Paul. And uh, we're just excited to be able to be sharing God's words of truth with you today. I encourage you, grab your Bibles. Grab your smartphone with your Bible on it, however you can get the Word of God in front of you to look at it as we go through some of these verses this last letter that the apostle Paul wrote to Timothy the last letter we believe he wrote from prison and uh, uh, what a letter this has been as we've looked at each verse as we go through and uh, just the, the the life of the apostle Paul and and the very few that he had with him until the end and we've learned some things and in uh, this last letter that Paul told Timothy that everyone in Asia had forsaken him had turned away from him and uh, for the most part that means what he taught and so and he'll even bring out a couple of more uh, names as we go through this uh, the rest of this chapter uh, something that most of the church does not want to have any part don't call names just let God deal with them well We've learned that God deals with us sometimes just straight to us, and but sometimes, many times, more times than the other way, God sends people into our lives. You know, we've said for years and believed to be true. When the Lord is trying to bless you, he's going to send someone to you, and through them, somehow, the blessing can come. It's the same way with the enemy. When he's trying to tear you down... And Hurt you and bring harm to you, to steal, kill, and to destroy you. He's going to send someone, and many times in uh, in 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 the days uh, in these last days, it's it's uh, ministers who are not meaning to hurt people, but they are. I speak from experience. I walked there, having a heart for people, having a heart to see. People saved and people delivered from the bondages that hold us so tightly and squeeze the life out of us, but at one time, I was telling them the wrong thing, and if you are not telling them the right thing, then you are, in fact, helping to destroy them, so uh, the apostle Paul, he called names, Jesus called names, Jesus called people vipers and snakes, and told people, John chapter 8, your daddy's the devil. I mean, things that today, if the preacher got close to saying some of the things that Jesus and John the Baptist and and Paul said, we'd be looking for a new church. And uh, so let's just remind ourselves that the true ministry of reconciliation, the true ministry that God has ordained his people to have and to experience and to walk in and to be found involved in is not ever going to be the most popular thing on the planet. It's it's never going to be close to the most popular. It's never going to be the big money maker. Every time I hear People tell me that God's really moving and doing something out here and there. When you go check it out, it mainly it's just a lot of music. Mainly, uh, it, it's not it's nobody pointing people to the cross. And the, and and when I say phrases like that today, the church says, "Oh, that cross stuff," you know. And that's exactly what I mean. That's why they turned away from the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul had reached a place, and let me say this, by the power and the knowledge, the wisdom, the Holy Spirit had given him to become determined to know absolutely nothing, no other objects of faith, no other message outside of pointing with God's word to Christ and what he would do at Calvary. God was predetermined to know nothing other than the Lamb slain. Before the foundation of the world, let me say it again, God was pre determined to know nothing other. And finally brought Paul the Apostle to that same determination. Have you got there yet? Have you reached that place? Because hear me, God is attempting to bring every Christian to that place where they know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. What does that mean? That means when they study the Word, when they involve themselves in a local church, when they listen to other ministers, wherever that might be, they're looking for the power of God, they're looking for that message of the gospel, the message of power, the message of the blood, the cross, the death of Jesus to be involved so the Holy Spirit can have that legal right, legal opportunity to work the new benefits of the covenant that Jesus said was in his blood, into their lives. It does take that. But the attitude today, as was in Paul's day, well, it's really it really can't be that exclusive. It really can't be that narrow. And you have very popular people today who are known all over the world, such as Oprah Winfrey, that says you must, you must be stupid or a fool to believe there's only one way that leads to God. But God's always revealed the exclusivity, the narrowness of approach to him. All throughout the old covenant, we see uh, God uh, told Cain and Abel, there's only one way. There's only one way. God wouldn't bend the knee to Cain's refusal to bring the sacrifice of blood. God wouldn't bend the knee. He won't bend the knee today. If, If we resist God, Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2 that God will resist us. If we deny him, that's denying the way he's given us, the way of the cross to keep our faith there, he will deny us. And we need to remember that. Cain became a vagabond, a wanderer. That's where most of the church is today, just wandering from one wind of doctrine to the next. That's where they are. And remember what happened to Cain when the flood came. All of Cain's lineage was washed away. And through Cain came the, the knowledge and the, uh, the inventions of musical instruments and weapons and forging metal and raising cattle and, and all the things that the world had going for it. it was all invented and came about through the lineage of Cain. But they were all washed away while the one preacher of righteousness and his family endured the flood, endured God's judgment, all because they were a people, very few, who trusted in God's way, the way of the sacrifice. We know that to be true because when the flood was over and that big ark touched ground and God let them out of the ark, Noah immediately built an altar. Hallelujah! Glory to God. There's still men and women, boys and girls. Not many, but there are some still who are looking to the cross. They're not looking to the government of twelve. The purpose-driven. They're not looking to. They're not looking to to uh, anything. Uh, they're not looking to anything uh, other than what Christ. Did it Calvary. Let's see if we can get this volume turned up a little bit. And uh, how how about that? Let's see if we can get it turned up a little bit. How about that now? All right. Well, we'll just keep trying to get it right. Having to do it at home for reasons. Got folks coming this morning to do some work around the house. So anyway, I hope that's a little better. Thanks, Brother Bo. Uh, But we're going to get into this this morning. This is 2 Timothy chapter 4, uh, part 3, and we're going to start in verse 8. Henceforth Paul writes to Timothy and says there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day and not to me only but unto all them that love his appearing. Now let's talk about uh, that word henceforth because really what it means is from this time on from this time forth, it means that which I have remaining unto me, coming, this what I have come to me is a crown of righteousness that the Lord has laid up for me. He's the righteous judge. Now notice that's twice in, in that uh, verse that the word righteous has appeared. He's got a crown of righteousness laid up for me. The righteous Lord has a crown of righteousness laid up for me. He's going to give me at that day. That day is the judgment seat of Christ. And not just to me, Paul says, not me only, but unto all them that love His appearing. All those that love His appearing. And we've got to talk about that this morning because it's so precious to me. The Lord has really dealt with me over the past five, six years concerning righteousness, that which he's made us. He he immediately made you righteous in Christ when you accepted by faith, by believing with the heart unto righteousness, Romans 10 and 10, which was the work Christ carried out at Calvary. I want you to understand that. Jesus did the work of righteousness, and as long as our faith is there, there will be fruits of his righteousness. He did the work of righteousness as the righteous king of kings, hallelujah, the king of righteousness, that he will be forever. Remember Melchizedek and the book of Genesis comes on the scene. He's called the king of righteousness, the king of peace, and that's the ministry, the, the, the priesthood that Jesus was given, that which is after not Aaron and the Levites, but that which was after Melchizedek that which is eternal the one who has no beginning and no ending will reign forever as our king of righteousness he's also the judge of righteousness and he has a crown of righteousness the word crown really means that just uh, that which surrounds you that that which uh, uh, that's really what crown means and I know it has a picture of something that sits on your head, but I don't for a minute believe we're going to run all, all around heaven, all around uh, doing the will of God forever and ever with a, with a with a crown on our head. I believe God has surrounded us; He's robed us in His linen uh, of righteousness because it represents who He is and what He's done for us forever and forever. And Paul says, even though he's getting ready to go, he's he's a uh, He's fought a good fight. He's finished his course. He's kept the faith. And and he says there's laid up. That means there's something waiting on him. Uh, this crown of righteousness, I hope that is becoming important to you. More important than uh, what's coming in this world tomorrow or what's coming next week or next month if the Lord tarries. But I hope that you, what you're looking at is what the Lord has laid up for you in heaven. Hallelujah. Where he's going to... Judge all his people at the judgment seat of Christ. He's going to uh, give us all those that love his appearing a crown of righteousness. That means uh, there's going to be something given to us that day that's noticeable by us, that is uh, noticeable by everyone else, that we have a crown of righteousness, that which is going to surround us and encompass us for all eternity but he says it's going to be given not to him only but to all them that love his appearing the appearing of the Lord and, and I don't believe that that's just speaking of his appearing to us at the judgment seat of Christ the Lord right now in this life today if you're listening to me he, he desperately longs to appear in your life more than you long for him to appear in your life. I, I got to say that again. The, 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 the greatest extent of your desire to be with the Lord, He surpasses that. His desire to be with you, to show Himself strong on your behalf, to reveal to you more of this new covenant in His blood, he, it's, it so far surpasses our desire for Him. His desire for us is really unimaginable at this point. For God to send his own son to be pleased with the bruising and the wounding of his son to, to, to bring us through suffering into his kingdom and make us sons and daughters. That, that desire for, for a people to, to belong to him, it, it it's unimaginable to our human minds today That level of desire, if you remember Jesus at the last supper with his disciples there in Luke 22, he said, with desire I have desired to partake of this Passover. In other words, he he was beyond, well, I've desired to do this. With desire I have desired to reach this place. This is what I came for. This is why I'm here. I want you to know something. There's a desire in the heart of God that longs for us to be with him more than we desire to be with him. No matter how great that desire is in our hearts, it's greater with the Lord. But let's talk about this for a minute. The Lord wants to appear to you today. I'm not talking about standing in your living room for you to see, standing there in his body. I'm talking about... He is raised from the dead because he laid his life down. His resurrection, him being alive, raised on the third day, justifies that what he did in his death will work for you today. He he longs to appear to you today in that he wants to mediate the benefits of the new covenant to you. But most of us, uh, well, let me say this first. All of the church came in through faith in the blood if they're a part of the church, if they're saved. Born again, a part of the body of Christ. We came in initially through faith in the blood of Jesus. Now, most of us have left that. We've, we've, we've faded out. We've lost our first love. It, listen, listen. If it happened to the Apostle Paul, if he looked back to uh, the law and uh, thought he and, and kept thinking, well, maybe he, you know he can live by the law again by what I do. Well, he says the sin nature revived and he died. To Romans seven nine, he he was alive once without the law. Well, that's the born again experience because he never lived with the, that the law wasn't there and he was the, he wasn't never alive under the law. He was alive once without the law, but when the commandment came, when he looked back to the law to try to live, the sin nature revived, which means the sin nature had already been made dormant. That can only happen through faith in the cross. And he died. That means he went into a place where Christ couldn't affect him, Christ couldn't profit him. It's called in Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 through 4, falling from grace. It not mean you're lost, your soul. It just means you've fallen from the place God works. And, and, and the church in Sardis faced the same uh, rebuke of the Lord in, in the book of Revelation. But we need to understand the Lord wants to appear to you today. And, and, and really, He's waiting on us. He's waiting on us to just <clears throat> stay faithful to the way of the cross, the way of righteousness. He's waiting on us just to become more aware of His presence, that He is living within us by His Spirit. Hallelujah. The Spirit is as much God as Jesus is God or the Father is God and He dwells in you, the Spirit of the Son. God has given you, 1 Corinthians 2 and 12, God has given you His Spirit so that you will know the things He freely offers you. Freely offers you. Do you love his appearing? Do you spend more time uh, uh, not praying at all? Or do you spend more time when you're praying just begging God? Or, are, you noticing, are you noticing what he desires to be to you and for you, in you and through you, if you will allow him to appear to you? Do you love his appearing? He wants to appear in your life. Let's look that word appearing up and see exactly what we have here. Manifestation. Of course it's by his spirit. I'm not going to say he's not, but more than likely he's not going to show up and stand there in front of you in your living room like we hear many stories about. I don't know what to think about all that, so I don't give it much thought. But I know he has given his children his spirit. And by his spirit we know. By His Spirit, we can understand the Word of God. By His Spirit, we can experience His manifestation to us, the moving and the operation of the Holy Spirit. And I'm not talking about just what everybody else is doing. I'm talking about His appearing to you and the provision of the benefits of the new covenant. Amen. And that could be a boatload of things we could name this morning. I'm talking about A boatload, the joy that grips your heart and just explodes within you and causes you to dance and lift your hands and praise God. Or the peace that he's ministering between you and your spouse when you know if it weren't for him, it wouldn't be... If it weren't for his appearing, listen, our flesh would be appearing and bringing much corruption if it weren't for his appearing. But it means manifestation. It means... Uh, brightness, the brightness of who he is. You know, uh, we need to long for his appearing. And I'm not talking about making it happen. I'm talking about just maintaining our faith in what Jesus did at Calvary, realizing that today again I must reckon myself to be dead indeed to the sin nature, to the flesh that wants to try to rule and allow the Holy Spirit to guide me into all truth. It means, it really just means the manifestation is the main word for appearing. And, and, and the church, uh, some of the church uh, has just forsaken anything to do with his appearing and, and thinks it's only for one day coming in the future when we're at the judgment seat of Christ. And another big part of the church has just gone completely bonkers and flaked out and they just think they'll make up what the appearing of the Lord is. And I've seen some... Awful horror stories in church, all disguised under the word Pentecost, and praise God for Pentecost and tongues and the interpretation and all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But I've seen, oh my goodness, I've seen some flaky, flaky stuff. Been a part of it, and I'll tell you, it, there, there is a, there is a, a balance there. We need to keep our faith in the cross and expect the power of Pentecost to be in our lives. But if all we've got under the guise of Pentecost is only what goes on under our church roofs and within our walls, we need to wake up and realize that Pentecost is for power to be a witness unto God, a martyr unto God. Hallelujah. And a testimony, not just to those we get inside a building with, but to everybody that knows us, hallelujah. Do you love His appearing? We're talking about opportunities, the Lord opens the door right before us. That's His appearing. He's opening the door. If anything of, of the Lord is taking place, that's His appearing. And the more you allow Him to do in your life and you get rid of that stinking thinking that says, well, if He wants to do it, He'll just do it. No, He's looking for a heart of faith, He's looking for someone. He, who's still believing under righteousness, that work of Christ at Calvary, and he's going he's to appear. He's going to appear. Now, what happens in the lives of many, they just quit believing what Paul taught about the exclusive place God appears through faith in the cross. Most of them went back to circumcision. They went back to celebrating the Sabbath, only eating this on that day under that tree. that Oh, oh you, I mean, the simplicity of Jesus Christ brings the appearance of the Lord, Jesus Christ, into your life through how? Through him mediating the benefits of the new covenant into your life. We're talking about experience. We're talking about the experience of what Jesus died to give me. Victory over the sin nature, Romans 6, 14. Peace like a river. Oppression and fear, not outside the window beating it down trying to get in my heart. Fear and oppression far from us, Isaiah 54 and 14 a place where we no longer fret about all the evildoers and everything going. Have you read Psalms 37 yet? Have you read it lately? Fret not. Fret not about evildoers and the the evil devices and schemes that, that they're coming up with and prospering through. As long as you're fretting over all that, fret, 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 fret will eliminate you from the, from the promises and the benefits that you find in the first six or seven verses of Psalm 37. Trust in, delight in, rest in. As long as we're fretting and worried about all oh, what they're prospering and all, just, it just isn't right. And people have become addicted to fret. I, can, I have been one of them, but now... You, listen, when you turn away from fret, all those who are fretting are going to start saying negative things about you, just like they did Paul, just like they have us. Well, you I guess you just got your head stuck in the sand. You don't see what's really going on. No, I see Jesus, hallelujah. I see Jesus. I've got peace like a river. Joy fills my soul. I'm not saying that I don't ever worry. I, we all do. But listen. I'm going to tell you something. Here, just a short time ago, I turned some things off that I've been uh, involved in for the last four or five years, and my goodness, there has been a gain of Christ. Remember, there's no gain of Christ until there's some loss of something that was preventing that gain of Christ. Paul says, there's still something remaining for me. I'm not, listen, Paul's talking about, he, he, he's not focused on uh. Me, me, me dying, he's focused on where he's going and what, what's being offered him there. It's about time we get our focus back on where we're going and what's being offered us there, what God's laid up for us there. Hallelujah. A crown of righteousness that our righteous judge is going to give us that day, the judgment seat of Christ, not to me only, but to all them that love his appearing. And let me ask you again today, do you love his appearing? Do you, do, you, do you love his appearing? Do, are you looking for him today? I'm not talking about in the clouds. I hope you're looking for him cut to come today. I believe he's coming today. I'm not going to write a book about it, but I I I'm expecting my Lord to come and get me today. He's coming for his bride very soon, maybe by lunch, maybe by dinner. If he doesn't come today, it only means one thing, that it'll be tomorrow. But he's coming, hallelujah. And it's very quickly I'm looking for him today. But even other than him coming for all of us, the rapture, I'm looking for him to appear in my life. I believe he's appearing right now in this broadcast. He's appeared to me and directed me that just because things are... Are, are going on and, and and they can get busy and hectic and you can't do things like you normally did. Don't quit. Keep going. Just keep doing what I've called you to do. Well, that's His appearing to me, giving me grace, giving me the very power of His Spirit. Hallelujah. If we have to uh, gather up our materials and, and, and go out into the, the barn or out behind the barn to keep doing what we can do, we're going to do by the grace of God what God's called us to do even if we can't do it the way we've always done. It, where we've always done it. With who we've always done it. Things are changing. Things are going to rapidly change. But just stay on the path of righteousness my friends. Because it is the only place that God is going to appear to you as that king of righteousness. That righteous judge. And point to you that path of righteousness he will restore you on. He restores my soul. This shepherd of our soul he restores our soul and leads me in the paths of righteousness hallelujah glory to god i thought there was only one path why is the the word plural the path because god's word is from genesis to revelation and all his words are in righteousness hallelujah there is only one path that leads to god and that's Jesus Christ, that way to God, that truth of God, that life of God. There's only one way. His name is Jesus. He is our righteousness. He is our path of righteousness. Psalms 85, 13. Make a note of it real quick, would you? Look at, look at it after the broadcast today. Righteousness has set his. Let's go look at that. I don't want to mess it up. I quote it so much, sometimes you just go blank. I quoted it last night. Righteousness shall go before him, what he walk in, righteousness, what he bring forth at the cross, righteousness, and shall set us, righteousness, his righteousness, that which he walked in, that which he carried out fully and through it, Open the door for us to receive this light, precious faith. 2 Peter 1 and 1. Through that righteous work at the cross, watch, that righteousness shall set us in the way of his steps. My goodness, you need to write that down. Psalms 85, 13. Let me read it again this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The word of God brings great joy. The entrance of thy Word, O Lord, brings light to our hearts. Watch this. Righteousness shall go before him and shall set us in the way of his steps. The steps of his righteousness. Hallelujah. That's the only place God will lead you in his righteousness. He restores our soul daily. We need daily restoration. We're not talking about getting restored from hell. We've been saved from an eternity of being separated from God. Now we have been brought into the path of righteousness. Let's make sure we don't Turn away from it, Peter said in 2 Peter 2 and 21. It's better that you never knew it than to have known it and turned away. He's talking about the way of righteousness. Let me read it to you. It's better that you never knew the way of righteousness than to have known it and turned away from the holy commandment. The holy commandment God equates with the way of righteousness. And the way of righteousness... It's not just whatever we choose to try to be righteous before God. That's self-righteousness. But our our righteousness is that which was imputed to us through our faith in the sacrifice of Christ where he justified the ungodly and cloaked us in his righteousness, declared us righteousness, made us servants of righteousness, and allows us to serve him in righteousness and holiness all the days of our life bearing forth the fruits of his righteousness. I, I can't just pick and choose how I want to do that. That's the way of the cross or it's outside looking in. We need to remember that. And Peter declared that it's better that you never knew it than to have known it and turned away from it. That means the, 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 the degree of punishment in eternal punishment Hell, the lake of fire will be worse for those who walked it, knew it, and turned away from it. Now, don't believe those who say it means something else because it doesn't. Those are the people who believe in this once saved, always saved, this unconditional eternal security. That's a group of people that's all over the earth, piled up, and and because they found scriptures that caused their heart to tremble, they had to do whatever they could to take the trembling away. I'm talking about big name popular preachers, preachers that can really teach and preach the word of God but they've missed the boat. They, they've taken scriptures that cause your heart to tremble and God intends on his word causing your heart to tremble. Amen. And they've taken and they, they have put their own twist on the word of God to remove the trembling that God wants to take place in the hearts of his people. We need to remember that. When you read things in the word of God that causes your heart to tremble, don't look for something to remove the trembling. Oh, that, that's you running from God. A trembling heart at the word of God will run from God or run to God, not away from God. A trembling The, the, the man that God looks upon is the man that trembles at God's word. Isaiah chapter 65 and 66. Watch this now. Paul is boasting in what? He's leaving, but what's his boast in? Not everything he's done. Yes, he mentions I fought a good fight. I finished my course, I've kept the faith. Keeping the faith is fighting the good fight and finishing the course. The last of the three statements made there in, in, in verse 7, I fought a good fight, I finished my course. how did I fight a good fight? how did I finish my course? I kept the faith. Doesn't mean, sta- doesn't mean I stayed in church all my life. Doesn't mean I did this. It means I kept the faith. I kept it. Let's talk about that. The Lord dealt every believer The moment we became a believer in Christ, trusted in that work of righteousness at the cross, that's how we became children of God. Romans 10 and 10 says it's with the heart men believe unto righteousness. Then the mouth confesses unto salvation. So that righteousness we believed unto was what Christ did at Calvary, who he is and what he did at Calvary for us. So uh, we, we need to remember that God brought us into his path of righteousness. He gave us, Romans 12, 3, he dealt to every one of us the measure of faith. I talk about that a lot because it's really unheard of among the numbers and the big, I mean, you just don't hear of it. The measure, not a measure, the measure that we all have been dealt. Romans 12, 3 says it, but it's, it's the faith we obtained, 2 Peter 1 and 1, Through the righteousness of God and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. That means through our heart believing unto that work of righteousness Jesus carried out at Calvary, God dealt to you the measure. That means a measure is something measured out of something. And Paul said in Galatians 2 and 20 that the life we live as Christians, we live now in this flesh by The faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. So that's the measure we've been dealt. Have you kept it? Have you kept it? Or have you traded that measure of faith in for a different faith than something else? The only faith God has given us is the measure that comes out of the the faith that Jesus loved us and gave himself for us through. Not some other faith. When I, when I take and put faith in the purpose driven, the words I speak, the government of 12, how much money I'm giving, how many times I pray a day, how much all, anything I'm doing, even if it's biblical things I'm called to do, if I put my faith in anything other, if I'm trusting in anything other than what Christ did for me at Calvary, listen very closely the measure of faith God has given me is not the faith that's functioning there. It won't work there. The measure of faith God has given me only operates and functions as it remains in that through which He gave it to me. That avenue of Christ's work at Calvary. Do you understand that? Most of the church has not heard these things because they're not interested in learning and holding, clinging to sound doctrine, Paul told Timothy. There'll come a time they won't endure sound doctrine. How many Christians today? They don't mind getting together, but let's just skim off the top at just the the, uh, the first principle. Listen, don't dare, let's don't dare go doctrinal on us now, because that's a preacher once told me after I preached. This was years ago, before I knew anything about the sanctifying truth of the cross for daily living. He told me after I preached, thanks for not making this personal and doctrinal tonight. And I really kinda I knew what he meant because they got some weirded out ways and and what they believe today really eliminates our fellowship with them, even though they claim to be Christians and probably are, but unrighteousness can't fellowship with righteousness. Even though even though we might all be righteous, if we on different paths, we can't fellowship. We can't fellowship. And we don't just get together and fellowship over the principal things. No, listen, we can't fellowship. It's not just darkness and light, lost and saved. It's not just unrighteous, lost and righteous, saved. It's it's the path we're on as Christians, the path. If our faith is in the cross, we have that unity, that tangible experience. But if it's not, then there's that. Weirdness there because they're trusting in water baptism. They're trusting in tongues. They're trusting in this or that. Even though they be biblical things, they're trusting in those things. Christ is the only object of trust, and that being what he did for us at Calvary. We we can't ever forget that. We can't ever let that go. We must remain faithful. We, We can't turn away from that which Paul taught this one who the Lord brought to a place of being determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified. Are we okay today? Are we looking unto Jesus? Are we walking in this path? If not, He's calling you back to it today. He's calling you back to an experiential place of the new covenant benefits He wants to impart to you today he wants you to begin to love his appearing and i'm not talking about some weirded out flake that way i'm I'm talking about (coughs) he wants you to be full of the holy spirit he wants the gifts of the holy spirit to be functioning in and through you to some degree as he wills he wants you to become a, a, a brighter light he wants us all to become a tastier salt he he wants us all to be a greater witness unto him and a greater testimony to all that we know. Are we growing in that avenue? Are we being moved away? Listen, if we're not drawing near, then we're moving away. We are not being... Still and nothing happening. Something is always happening. There is a direction at all times that we are moving. A lot of times we're like this. One step forward, two steps back. Oh, a good day. Five steps forward. But tomorrow comes three steps back. We've got, but we've got to keep running this race. We've got to keep moving forward. We've got to keep advancing. And we only do that, the Bible says in the book of Acts, through much tribulation. We ministered a little bit of that Wednesday night. It's with much tribulation that we must enter on into the kingdom. Don't avoid the tribulation. Don't avoid the trembling of heart that scriptures bring uh, uh, to to your heart. Uh, Just continue to trust the Lord Jesus Christ for he wants to appear to you as the revelation of God's word. He wants to appear to you as the one who will bring the benefits in experience to your life. He wants you to know today that as long as you keep fighting the good fight, finishing your course through keeping the faith, then you will also have a crown of righteousness laid up for you. Don't listen to those that say it doesn't matter if you do anything. or It don't matter what you do. Don't listen to them. You've got to finish your course, my friend. You've got to finish the race. You've got to fight to be able to keep that faith that you were given, that faith you were given, are you keeping it? There's only one way to keep it, and that's in the object of the cross of Jesus Christ. Do you know God loves you? Do you know God gave all that he had, the best he had? He gave his only begotten son. Is that just a phrase? You've heard it 10,000 times. I have. But does 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 it gain a greater place of meaning in your heart every time you hear it? God gave his only begotten son for you and for me. That we might have unending life with him. A place where not only is there no bondage to sin... There will be no thought of sin. There will be no presence of sin. There will be no knowledge of sin. Because the Bible says the former things will not be remembered nor will they come into your mind ever again. Totally forgotten. That's how powerful the cross is, my friend. Powerful enough to erase everything in your past and cause you to forget it. You might not forget everything you've ever done in this life. The devil tries to remind us and we see certain things and we're reminded. But there's coming a day when the Lord is going to give you a crown of righteousness and when you reach that place with him, not talking about on this side of glory, talking about when we're with him, it's going to be the most powerful thing that we've ever experienced to such a degree that everything that Christ was not a part of in our lives will be forgotten Never remembered, nor will it ever come into our minds again. Think about that. If Christ wasn't a part of it, and my goodness, he's not, a, he's not a part of a lot that goes on in the church today. Oh, this is in the name of the Lord. That's, they're doing this in the name of the I, I speak from experience. I speak as one who threw away many years. I never told anybody something false when it comes to being born again, saved from your sins. But I told for years everyone wrong things as pertaining to how to live in victory, how to be delivered. I told everyone wrong. And when you come to this place of sanctifying faith in the cross of Christ, not just as Martin Luther and the great reformation of being justified by faith, but sanctified by faith in the blood alone, alone, and mixture will limit that. Mixture will eliminate that. If it won't, if it doesn't, then Galatians, we can rip it out and throw it away. But we can't do that because it's the word of God. I encourage you today, I encourage you, if you don't have the hunger for the Lord and his word and and you don't love his appearing like you know you should be, in a great expectation for the benefits of the new covenant found through faith, your faith, that measure of faith God's given you as a child of God, in that blood, ask him for it, ask him for the increase, ask him for the increase and you will find him appearing to you as the increase, it is he who must add things, but he can only add to that measure of faith he's given you. He, listen, if you find all kind of things being added to your life, and it's not because of you functioning with that measure of faith in the cross you were given... You need to realize the Muslims that live across the street, the Jehovah's Witness that live behind you, the Mormons that live on both sides of you, they've got the same materialistic picture of blessings that you do. But we know, we know when our faith returns to Calvary, the Holy Spirit then quickens and brings to life that inner man. Remember Paul said he died when he looked back trying to go to the law. Remember uh, John warns, Jesus through John warns the church in Sardis in the book of Revelation that they've got a name that they're alive but they're dead. That means it's not the Lord they're looking to. It's not the Lord they're hearing anymore but it has an appearance as though it is. How many churches are in that boat today? Oh my goodness. You go in and, and and I hear people all the time, oh Oh, just the presence of God. Oh, just the power of God. Oh, just, and Jesus And most of these today would say they're dead. If they're dead, but yet they've got a name, they've got an appearance, they've got a feeling. Jesus said they're dead. Why? Because they weren't trusting in that finished work again. They weren't trusting in that finished work. They weren't hearing properly. They weren't receiving properly. You, you desperately need to go read about the church in Sardis and see the danger of not repenting when the wake-up call comes. Maybe you've wandered across this YouTube channel or this Facebook post or maybe it's a year after the, the Pope. Maybe, But the Lord brought you here to hear this today, to hear something biblical and not just something that gives you goosebumps and feelings, but the truth. You need to read that about the church, the saved church in Sardis. The warning is that if they don't repent, their names will be blotted out. One commentary writer says, well, it doesn't say that. It says that uh, those that overcome won't have their names blotted out. Duh. Okay. If my dad told me, "If if you don't do that, I won't won't whip you with that leather belt if you don't do that again. Well, I knew that meant if I do do it again, I'm getting the leather strap. (laughs) And when the Lord tells the church in Sardis, they that overcome won't have their names blotted out, That means those that don't accept that wake-up call, that letter written, not just to the church in Sardis that day, but to you and me in this hour. If we would rather have a name that's alive than to have the true moving of the Holy Spirit according to the Scriptures, not what I feel, not what everybody else is doing, then there is a danger. That goes along with what Peter wrote. If you turn from the way of righteousness, and this is a horrible statement That causes hearts to tremble. Be careful what you do with the trembling. It should cause you to examine the word of God more closely. This is where most of the church is today. They've turned away from the way of righteousness. They they know how to get saved. But their answer for the power of God, their answer for the deliverance of God, their answer for victory. And grace functioning in the life of the believer today is not that way. Now let me back up and say something I probably didn't finish. Martin Luther, some 500 years ago, the Lord used him to bring in, to usher in, that truth of we're justified by faith alone. Justified by faith alone. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and verse 9 tells us we're justified by faith, we're justified by the blood. one and the same, justified only in the eyes of God, made just, made righteous, what the word means, through faith in the blood of Christ. 500 years later, 24 years ago from now, Brother Swaggart, God used to bring in, to usher into the church again the sanctifying truth of faith in the cross. For the grace of God, for the power of the victory over the sin nature. And again, for years, I always had it right. It's how to get saved. Never told anybody wrong how to be born again. But then, from that moment, to look for the power of God, how the power of God flows into our lives, our churches. Just, I did not know it. 99% of all preachers today do not know it. If they knew it, they'd be preaching it. They wouldn't be caught up in the schemes. and They wouldn't be caught up in telling people to put their faith in what they do. Even the biblical things we're called to do. They're never the object of our faith. If what we're doing is the object of our faith, then it's self-works, self-righteousness, and that attitude brings with it, God owes me now. I'm working with a mind of work and debt. Instead of working now because the debt's already been paid and I have all that I need in Christ, I'm complete in Him, Colossians 2.10. It's a great reformational message of the very last few moments we're in called the times of the Gentiles. Many are going to be shocked. Can you imagine sitting in the literal congregation of Sardis receiving a letter specifically to you at Sardis at that time. Now, it's bad enough today the church really says, well, that was for them now, and they don't accept it for us here today, but it is. It's the word of God, and it's there for us. Can you imagine sitting in the congregation at Sardis and the pastor reads this letter? It's a wake-up call. Will we keep going the way we're going, Boy, it looks good, feels right, and everybody around really says we're that church. We are that church. We've we've got a name that we're really alive, but the Lord says that we're dead. There's a moment that comes to every heart of the Christian, I believe, given by God that opportunity for wake-up. If we resist that for the sake of going with what's most popular, For the sake of going with what pays off the most financially. For the sake of being in the crowd and not feeling alone. If we forsake that voice that speaks from heaven in these last days. If we neglect this that we've been given. If we stop earnestly heeding that which we've been offered. This great salvation. How shall we escape? The author of Hebrews says, how shall we escape? We better be careful in these last days. Deception, deception is rampant. And deception means I don't know that I don't know. God's quickening someone's heart as they watch this video. God's trying to let you see, you've been deceived. I'm not being ugly. I've I've gone through this. And, And it can still happen to anybody. No matter how long we've walked with the Lord in the way of righteousness, we can begin to look away. We can begin to value other things higher than the things of God. Deception is, I don't know that I don't know. I don't know that I don't know. But I think I do. And God doesn't honor the best that I can do. He doesn't accept the best that I can do. He only accepts faith, a heart believing unto that which is the best to him, that which his son did at Calvary. And I pray that the trembling that takes place in the heart when we hear sessions is this and others, And these men and women God is raising up in these last days to be determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified, to stay the course, to, as Paul said, fight the good fight. Finish the course. Keep the faith. And when we hear these messages and our hearts tremble, we wouldn't look for another church, another preacher, that we won't have to deal with a trembling heart. If that's the case, God's not looking upon you. He's not looking. That means he's not going to be able to guide you. We're, the Bible says he guides us with his eyes. He looks upon us and he tends to us. And he, the Bible clearly says he looks upon the man that trembles in heart at his word. I want to, I want to give you that scripture. I quoted it. It's Isaiah chapter 66 verses 1 to and five verse two says for all those things has my hand made and all those things have been says the lord but to this man will i look even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembles at my word don't push away the trembling of your heart when you hear things most of the people their heart trembles today they start looking for another preacher, another church, or they just get plumb out. And that's not going to stop your heart from trembling at what you heard. And you're either going to write it off or allow God to write it in. You're either going to, you are going to write it off, or allow God to write it in your heart as truth that you've heard. And I encourage you today, keep fighting the good fight of faith. Keep running this race that was set before you to run. Keep that measure of faith you were given. Keep it. Don't let it go. It's it's not up to God. He gave it to you. Will you keep it? Many many won't. Verse ten here. We'll cover it next next Friday. Dema. Demas has forsaken me. Verse 14, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. Well, Demas didn't forsake Paul by the faith. And Alexander didn't do Paul much harm by the faith, by keeping the faith. it's They didn't keep the faith. The faith was dealt to you. And it's not, Christianity is not mystical and magical. The Bible, Peter wrote, were kept by the power of God Through faith, watch now, unto salvation. How we're kept is by the power of God. The Bible says the preaching of the cross is the power of God. Through faith, that means in the cross, because that's the only thing God's offered that's unto salvation. Glory to God. Study that out, 1 Peter 1 and 5. Well, we've come to an end of this session today, and... I thank the Lord we weren't interrupted. I thank the Lord that, uh, that he allowed us to uh, carry this out. And I hope you've been encouraged, maybe convicted. Maybe there's been a rebuke from the Lord to you today. Whatever the case, it was his appearing. If you've been encouraged, that was him appearing to you as encouragement. If you've been convicted, that's the Holy Spirit bringing the conviction. If you've been rebuked, It was far more than an old preacher bringing a rebuke. It was the Lord appearing as a rebuke. Look for His appearing. Take pleasure in His appearing. Look for Him. May your life be spent looking for and loving His appearing in your life. Even if it's to bring an increase of blessing or if it's Him removing something. If it's, if it's Him bringing correction, love, His appearing and love for you that would allow Him to appear and to bring the correction. Hebrew says that we might continue to bear forth the fruits of holiness, that we might continue to be partakers of His holiness. That's why we're chastened by Him because if He doesn't discipline us, and he lets us keep going that way. We, and we're not on the path of righteousness. There can be no fruit of holiness and nobody can see the Lord through us. And my friend, that is why the Christian remains on the planet. It's not to be a husband, father, wife, mother, this, that, or the other. Thank God for all those benefits. But the purpose we're here above all things is to represent our Christ, our King, the one who saved us, we're here to represent Him. We're here for others to see Him, to hear Him through us. We're His body. And that can't happen without holiness. No man shall see the Lord. I love you. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you next Friday here at Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. Tune in as we continue to work our way through this last letter Paul wrote in his life. This one being to Timothy. Don't forget to pray for us as we travel as soldiers of the cross this path of righteousness together in these last days. Don't forget to sow into good ground where the Lord is pouring out in your life, appearing to you as he reveals the truth of who he is and what he did at Calvary to you to be able to keep you. Hallelujah. You can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you next time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. God bless you.